Good afternoon, Dallas. Ryan Trimble here in the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, joined once again by the great Sean Williams. Sean. Man, this intro gets better and better. I, man, thank Well, you. it's a lot better when I'm sitting closer to the microphone <laughs> and I don't sound like I'm in the other room. I think this is going to be a good-sounding episode. We have focused. We are getting better. We've also heard the feedback from the people who have listened. So, yeah, I think we, we're getting there. And, That's again, right. thanks for our new microphone that we have got because this is good. I wanted to uh, give a shout-out to one of our clients, if that's okay. Absolutely. I wanted to give a shout out to SMU and the men's basketball team. The Mighty Mustangs. Uh, the men's basketball team were named the National Association of Basketball Coaches National Division One Team of the Week. Say that three times fast, Sean. That is a big honor that it was a mouthful, but it was huge because we got to go to a game this past weekend to see the the ponies uh, put it on two lanes, 73-62, but then they had upset already Wichita State. That's right, Sean. We were in the house in Moody Coliseum to see the Mustangs get back at Tulane, um, get their home winning streak back on track. Uh, it was a fun day, big energy in the building. The only bad news was they lost Jure Foster, really talented junior out of Houston uh, for the season. We wish him all the best on his recovery. We'll be we'll be cheering for you. And uh, yeah, it was a fun day, though, Sean. Just another scrappy effort by the home team. Yeah, because they were not shooting the three ball well in this game. Uh, that at is all. an understatement. Yeah, at all. But once again, I mean, they just they put it together. Jimmy Witt, uh, you know, steps up. Shake Milton, who didn't score a basket until 13 minutes left in the in the second half. Comes away with twenty points to lead the Mustangs in the in the end. So yeah, it was Jimmy Wood looked good. I mean, he was yeah. all over the court. The Arkansas transfer with five steals. So it was fun. Congratulations to our to our great client, our friends over at Southern Methodist University, the Mighty Mustangs of SMU. Also, and- a shout out to Councilman Tanel Atkins, who received the Sam Award who is a former football player at that, SMU. A lot of people don't know that he was there from 74 to 77, played running back. That's right. Saw some great pictures on the uh, Jumbotron of him. He looked good. He I had mean, a lot more hair. I mean, we, I mean, he was. He definitely looked like the predecessor to Eric Dickerson. I mean, he had to, <laughs> That's know, right. He had, it, he had it working, looked like he was out there doing his thing, and, and it was good to see him and his colleagues there as well for um, the award. And It was a good day for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he looked he looked like everything was freshly pressed, and he was very excited. Got to talk to him afterwards, and uh, know he was very honored. So it was a fun day, Sean. And uh, what else has been going on? Let's see, there is the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but that is coming. I think up. I've heard of this. And. You know, a couple of good games, but not, well, not really a couple of good games. One good game and one game that unfortunately got, went off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, can't beat him. Tom Brady comes charging back. I know the internet would say it's Tom Brady and the NFL referees that are headed to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just because the referee was the first person to congratulate him <laughs> after the game? I mean. Yeah, maybe, uh. 
maybe had something to do with it for sure. But we've got Patriots, Eagles, uh, Philadelphia city workers greasing poles so people do not climb the poles. It was quite a scene in Philadelphia. Did you see the video of the guy, the Philadelphia fan, who was running, chasing you, a train? Yeah. Did you see that one? If you <laughs> haven't seen it, You need it's to Google great. it. This is the guy running to follow a train in the train station, and then uh, he just gets wiped out by a pole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the I, station. We hope he's okay and that, uh, you know, he makes better decisions in the future. Sean? Did you... I know you are a fan. We've talked before about The Rock. Did you see The Rock's new movie, Rampage, that was promoted heavily uh, in yes. the rotation? As we've previously said, the best celebrity coming out with yet another movie, Rampage. I'm fired up. Love the video game as a kid. Just keep that train rolling, Dwayne. I, I had not... Well, I, I did not know that this movie was coming out, but once I saw the previews, a couple of jokes by The Rock, you can count me in. Monsters, it's, it kind of reminded yeah. me of Pacific Rim, which I think they got a new one coming out here pretty soon. But okay. it was, uh, yeah, I'm, count me in. I'm in. So we um, are going to have a guest today to talk about an issue that has been pretty hot in town. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are going to be deconstructing what we're calling the ballot brouhaha. The local uh, Republican and Democratic parties are uh, find themselves intertwined in a lawsuit regarding ballot signatures and the integrity of the election. And so we have we have a, a special guest coming on today, Elizabeth Bingham. She is the general counsel for the Dallas County Republican Party. She has some hot takes and some insight onto the lawsuit that the Republican Party of Dallas County is brought in front of a judge and uh, alleging that some signatures were invalid on 128. Yes, this isn't just a handful of candidates. This is 87% of the ticket here locally in Dallas County. So we, as Deconstructing Dallas, will be deconstructing uh, what this means for the upcoming primary and then the November general midterm elections. So with that, Sean... I yeah. think we're off and running. Yeah, I think we are on our way. Let's take a quick break, get ourselves together. Let's come back and chat with Dallas County Republican Party General Counsel Elizabeth Bingham right after the break. I'd like to chat about one of our clients, Walmart, and you had a big week with Walmart this week. That's right, Sean. Big week here in North Texas for Walmart, our great client. It opened two big, new, beautiful stores, one in Frisco, one in Prosper. I mean, these places are immaculate. They are clean. They are nice. They have all the amenities you could ask for. This one in Prosper even has a FedEx office, if you can believe that. So Walmart doing big things. And now, if you haven't tried their new service, Sean, I don't know if you've tried it or not, but I have tried it. I love it. It is Walmart online grocery pickup. I am making a note right now. That's right. Well, well, 
Guess what, Tell me Sean? how I can do that. Guess what, Sean? You just download the Walmart Grocery app onto your smartphone. Okay, hold on. I'm getting my sport smartphone out. Love okay. it, love it. And guess what? I'm going to do something else for you. I'm going to give you a code for $10 off your first order. Listeners on our show can also use this code. It is WOWFRESH, W-O-W-F-R-E-S-H. WOWFRESH is the code for $10 off your online grocery pickup order at Walmart. This is for new customers only. Uh, wow. Wow, fresh. I would be there. I mean, wow, fresh. That's right. That That's exactly. Fresh. I like That's it. exactly what we're talking about. This code is good through January 31st, 2018, so be sure to download the Walmart Grocery app today. Available at over 50 stores across the Metroplex, Sean, including uh, some of our great stores here in Dallas. So, Great client, great app, great service, and now a great coupon and savings for our listeners. Wow. And two more locations here in the North Texas area that you can visit today. Shop Walmart today. Thanks, Walmart, for being a great sponsor of our podcast, Deconstructing Dallas. Back in a minute. Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble, and we have a guest who, I don't know, maybe a little busy. I don't know. Maybe she's just been kind of chilling out this week. Um, We have with us the general counsel for the Dallas County Republican Party and friend of the show, Right, Ryan? That's right. Longtime friend of one Ryan Trimble. Elizabeth Bingham. Against my better judgment. (laughs) Welcome, longtime friend Elizabeth. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm good. How are you all? And thank you for taking some time out because you really are like literally busy and texting and calling like you got a phone on one ear and you're texting with the other hand because there seems to be quite a bit going on. You've got the Hill, Politico. I mean, all these these local guys. I mean, thank you for, for choosing us to squeeze us in. we got to be on the show that matters. <laughs> hey, that's, man. What that's what we're trying to say on message. Amen, Sean. Cool. All right. Well, Elizabeth, you have had a busy week. Um, as as lo- a lot of our local listeners know, the uh, Dallas County Republican Party uh, has filed suit against the Democratic Party, alleging that the chair of the Democratic Party did not sufficiently sign the applications to be on the ballot for 128 of their candidates. And so why don't you take us through your week and and what's going on. Yeah, um, so I don't know how you guys know about this, but there's a deadline in the statute for when you can challenge the position uh, of a candidate on the ballot. And there's a procedure uh, for getting on the ballot for the November election, you start with the primary, and the individual parties of your county are responsible for producing that ticket. And the way that it works is if you want to be on your party's primary ballot, you take a piece of paper that the Secretary of State promulgates, and you take that form. If you fill it out, you take it to your local party headquarters, and you know you got to pay your application fee. And if you're a judge, um, you have to turn in 250 signatures. If you don't want to pay the fee, you can turn in 750 signatures instead. And the parties responsible for reviewing your application, making sure all the information that the law requires to be on there is on there, that you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's, and when that's done and they've confirmed that, the chair of the party is supposed to sign the bottom of your application. The chair of the local party.
political party. That's correct. Okay. Now, if you are not, this is only for candidates who are running for an office that are contained within a single county. Right. So, for example, if you, even if you're a congressman, if your entire district is within a county, say Dallas County, then that's who your application goes to. If your district is outside more than one county, then you file with your state party chair. Um, but she has to, he or she has to sign that for it to be what's called accepted or validated. And once that's done, the names of the people that the chair has officially accepted, those are the names that get transmitted to the Secretary of State by a specific date. And those are the people that get to be on the ballot. And and the Republican Party is contending and challenging that the chair of the Democratic Party in this case for these 128 candidates did not do that. That's correct. We alleged in our lawsuit that they, we have all the petitions of the Democratic Party uh, turned in and their applications. And if you look very carefully, uh, the current chair, Carol Donovan, you know, she applied for a position on her party's primary ballot to run for chair. So if you look at her signature on her own application, plus she signed the bottom of hers as well, but that's obviously her signature because that's her application. If you compare that to the others, only approximately 23 others match that signature. The others are not even close. Now, now on the others, is it somebody else's signature or is it Carol Donovan, but the name Carol Donovan, but signed by somebody else? Well, that's the best part. We alleged, you know, the statute (laughs) specifically says she's got to sign it. So the lawsuit says here are the copies of all their applications. Here are the pages you can see are Carol. Here are the pages where it says in the printed name section, Carol Donovan, but on the signature line is clearly not her. So we need you all to prove that this is Carol Donovan or they don't count. Their response thus far has been, that's not Carol, who cares? Um, Which we thought was interesting. That was not the response we were expecting. Um, Apparently, she's had at least one of her staffers sign for her. And her position is that the uh, election code must give her the authority to to delegate this. And, you know, our position is, first of all, it's pretty clear it doesn't. Um, Every election case on the books, even if you go onto Google and Google election ballot challenge, Challenge, and you can pick a court, Supreme Court, Fifth Circuit, Pellet Court. You're dumbing and, it down to my yeah, level. Just now. literally type in ballot challenge, party chair, and you push enter, and all the cases will have, you know, sentences from the judges that say it is the party chair's job to sign. And then they decide what happens if they don't or if they signed it wrong. You know, so I mean there um I, I think the whole thing is really pretty interesting. So Elizabeth, why is the Republican Party interested in this? I have heard as you said, I've heard Senator West, I've heard uh, State Representative Johnson say that this is a party matter. Why is the Republican Party? Because they don't have an effective candidate they are advocating for. So what what? What is the interest of the Republican Party in this issue? Well, you know, there are a lot. We have an interest in, well, for three different reasons. The first is that the election code is really specific. Both party chairs have to follow the same rules. And if we follow them and she doesn't, the election is inherently unfair, whether we have a candidate or don't. Missy signs, Missy Shorey, our chairwoman, signs every single application. And our state chairman, James Dickey, makes sure every single application from every single county is signed properly by every single chair. So what is the point of having 
having election rules if our party has to follow them and their party doesn't. You know, the second the second point we would make is, you know, we didn't go through and pick out, okay, these weren't signed by Carol. Now let's pick out only the ones that we have Republican challengers for. If we had done it that way, as I've heard Senator West advocate the same, if we had done it that way, you know, we all know the very first thing he would say is, well, this is just a tactic to win the election. They didn't put anybody on here that they don't have a personal interest in the race. They only put people on this lawsuit where, you know, their candidate would win by default and that's not fair. You're right. It's not. So we didn't. We challenged every single person whose application is not acceptable under the law, whether we would win or not, because that's why we're doing it. In fact, some of these people have Democratic primary challengers. So even if they get kicked off the ballot, a Democrat will still represent them. You know, that's why we did it, because we care about the law and the rules. And this is not a way for us, you know, to win extra seats. But the third thing I think is really important to keep in mind is that the statute provides if there is no primary election in either party, then each party gets to appoint someone after the deadline, you know, to, to face each each other in the November ballot. And if there is an election in one primary, but it turns out nobody can be seated for that race, Governor Abbott gets to appoint the replacement. So I'd say either way, we have a vested interest in making sure that only the people who are supposed to be on the ballot are on the ballot, and then the law will decide who takes the seat after that. What is what is the next step on the legal front? Where, where's the yeah, case? Where are we going next, Elizabeth? Well, we have some, each of the Democratic candidates. Now, this is, I think it's really interesting because I, I don't think, I, I think that the average person probably thinks, well, if you're suing to kick, you know, Joe off the ballot, then you're suing Joe, but you're not. You're suing the Dallas County Democratic Party because they're the boss of the ballot. They decide and they're the only ones with that choice to make. So we don't sue the individual candidates. We list them, but we don't sue them. The candidates are less than happy with the way that their their party and their chair have handled the situation. So they've all chosen to get their own lawyers in various groups, and that's called intervening, and they're called the interveners. So they're all at the t- at this moment. They're all filing various motions to be allowed to be added as parties to the lawsuit. And Carol and the Democratic Party get uh, 21 days from the date they were served to answer the lawsuit. And once that's done, we'll decide what what to do from there. And if we decide that we're only going to litigate this as it regards November, we may enter into an agreement to. St- start heading into trial after the primary is over. Yeah, that is very interesting because we've got ballots going out, military ballots going out the door. I mean, paper ballots have been printed up. So it's really interesting with this time crunch, with early voting just mere weeks away. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of questions to be answered and not a lot of time. That's very true. And just, you know, we want to make sure everybody understands this isn't a sort of last minute type situation. We only get 20 something days to review all the petitions anyway. Mm -hmm. The petitions are all due between December 7th and December 10th at your local party office and then by law, they're allowed so many days to go through them. So we don't even get copies and they don't get copies of ours until sometime around there. But the very first military ballots have to go out under the MOVE Act by January 19th or 20th. So that's less than 30 days that we get to review all the petitions. So you're looking at almost 200 petitions, thousands of signatures, and each signature must have a printed name, a correct date, a signature, a voter ID number, a registration number, or a birth date, and a residential address. Each piece of paper with 10 signatures has to have a thing filled out on the top, a whole statement with the office filled out, an affidavit on the bottom. So it's it's thousands of pages 
pages to read, and it's it's really time consuming. So most of these lawsuits don't get filed until the last week before the ballots go out. And it's not an attempt to, it's not an affront to anyone. Uh, we got sued too. It's just the way it is. People finish those reviews, they file it as soon as they can, and they get in front of a judge as soon as they can. As long as the lawsuits are filed before the first ballots go out, mm-hmm. you can still litigate November ballot placement. Well, I'm not a lawyer, and I have probably not even watched enough law shows on TV <laughs> to really have a credible question. But are you aware of any precedent um, for a suit like this? You know, I'm not aware of any lawsuit where somebody screwed up this this much, but there are lots of lawsuits about ballot signatures. There's There are some lawsuits about... Um, I, I divide them into two groups. First, there are several cases on the books about uh, applications that aren't signed either by the candidate or by the chair. And then there are also cases all about what happens when the chairman doesn't do what they're supposed to. You know, and sometimes the court says, you know, I get it. It's not your fault, candidate, but we're going to do what we have to do. And other times they say, well, if the chairman really was that negligent, we need to decide if it's really fair to kick you off. I don't really know what a judge is going to do with 100 28 people, um, but they're going to have to do something, and luckily that's not my decision to make. Okay, Elizabeth, one last question for you. If you had to look into your crystal ball, what would you say is going to happen here? I would say that at some point they're going to have to stop pretending this didn't happen, admit that they made a mistake, admit that it's against the law, and try to work with us to find an equitable remedy for the 128 people who are about to get kicked off the ballot through no fault of their own. That would be the best strategy. If I were a lawyer for the candidates, that's what I would be doing. And I would be asking myself, what should we do about the Democratic primary for chair? Some hot fire. I love it, Elizabeth. You are always knowledgeable and we really appreciate you coming in today. Let's throw it back to Lexi for a break. Uh, We are Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back. Constructing Dallas, we want to thank all of our listeners, everyone who has started signing in, checking us out. And we want to thank Elizabeth Bingham. Absolutely, Sean. Uh, she was a great guest, and it'll be fun to see what happens with the lawsuit. Stay tuned. And please, whatever side of the aisle you're on, remember to go vote. Uh, it's, it's really uh, critical to the future of our democracy that you get involved, not only vote in local elections, vote in national elections. Heck, just get involved. Go vote. And uh, It's critical that Dallas County that we increase our number of voters. We absolutely. have got to do better. Absolutely, Sean. Reminder, uh, the Mustangs are back in action. The SMU Mustangs are back in Moody Coliseum Sunday, January 28th, taking on East Carolina. They've got a tough game on the road Thursday night at UConn, but uh, they've really had some good luck. Kevin Ollie's Huskies. The Kevin Ollie's Huskies. Got to watch out for those guys. Follow us on Twitter. He is rtremble15. I am Sean, 
S-H-A-W-N-P-Williams. And you can also email us your comments now at deconstructingdallas at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Thanks uh, to Lexi. This is her last time. Our, on the on our on our board yes. as our producer. Yes, the outstanding millennial Lexi is signing off. Thank you, Lexi, for your expertise. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we will miss you. But you are going on to bigger and better things. So, thanks for for kicking us off. And uh, until next time, Sean. Until next time, we'll check you later. Thanks and adios.